going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy and klep the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Thursday, oops, <laughs> Thursday, April 28th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. Of course, this is a follow-up from our fantastic interview today with Eva Bartlett. That is out there currently to be watched. This is going to be first for those that are tuning in live only on Super U today. I will be airing this if you're catching it today, tomorrow. It'll be it'll be played out everywhere else tomorrow, most likely. But I just wanted to focus this just to get this information out. Make sure the Super U audience and those that are aware of Super U and those that are on our TLF community got to see this information today. Uh, because I find it to be very important, but it's important that Eva's interview with what she saw on the ground, what challenging the entire narrative gets out there. Now, some of what I talked about at the end of that interview, I'll be touching on briefly today, but let's get into it today. So I don't want this to be too incredibly long, but I wanted to make sure this did come out today. For those of you who have the inside word on Discord, Wire, and everything else, you know, for those who don't know that, make sure you spread the word to those that are in the T-Left community, that you have that inside information that, you know, whether I'm doing something at what time and so on. There's a couple of platforms we do that on. Now, that clip you just saw is just really embarrassing. I mean, really, really, really embarrassing. This is the leader of the free world, the, the president of the United States, who is barely, can't even... I don't think he fully even understands what he's trying to say. I think we, I think we all know this at this point. And I don't even, it almost makes me feel bad to make fun of him because of how obviously the person is struggling with dementia or whatever's going on. But then of course, I remember that he's a very obvious and ongoing war criminal. So I don't care at all, but it's pretty ridiculous. This is the person that is supposedly making choices that can, can't even say these words properly. But of course, what he's trying to go at and, and explain is that they're going to, you know, be committing piracy. We're basically going to rob anybody we think who has even the slightest connection to anything Russian. We're just going to rob them and steal their houses and their boats and whatever else because those oligarchs are bad, but our oligarchs are totally different or it's just, it's hypocrisy. Now, I'm not trying to say that those people are good people or that they don't have obvious connections to the Russian government. I don't know and neither do they, I would argue. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. What they're trying to do is chip away at the at the controlling structure of Russia. It's the same argument as if Russia started stealing things from Bill Gates and everybody else that are the leading oligarchs in the United States or the Western world. It, it would it's at the very least it's illegal. It doesn't matter whether you're the U.S. government or anything else. You're doing you're taking unilateral action. This basically shows you continually that they see themselves as in charge. Not the World Economic Forum, not the UN, not the any other international body even though they do, there are discussions to be had there, the U.S. government sees themselves or at least plays the role as the leader in charge, the, the school mum of the countries around the world that don't know any better. It's, it's insulting to your intelligence, and it's illegal. So unilateral sanctions are illegal, and I've said that for a long time, and Russia and China do them as well. They're all illegal. You, there's no means by which an individual country should be able to sanction another country for actions they just politically don't like, which is what's happening. Now, there's plenty of other things happening than just politically 
disagreeing with things. But the Nord Stream 2 pipeline is a great example before we ever got here. They were sanctioning their own allies or discussing it at the very least because they just didn't want it to happen. That's that's an abuse of that power, and that's where we are today. Now, go. I'll actually show you this uh, clip that you guys can watch for yourselves. It's really embarrassing. I first saw it, of course, on Disclosed TV. Biden to seize assets of Russia's kleptocracy. Now, I don't even disagree with that. That they're, I mean, all these countries are operating in the same, I would, I would argue. But they, shouldn't there be some kind of a legal process to this? At what point do we just recognize that they're rampantly lawless, even if you think that they think they're doing the right thing, which is pretty abstract when you really sit back for a moment and break that down. But of course, we'll start with some Twitter information because that's such a crazy important conversation. It's taking all the air out of the room. It is actually quite important for a couple of reasons, but not even remotely, not a fraction of the importance that's being given to it by the two-party paradigm. But as it says new, some new Twitter, this is from the 27th, new Twitter users started posting free speech tests about various topics following Elon Musk's takeover, which is, it just kind of shows an embarrassing level of understanding how this process works. More, our advice, better don't. <laughs> Disclose goes on to say, the deal is technically not yet closed. Even if it was, they would still be stupid for doing that. It will take up for up to six months. No changes in policy or enforcement are expected until then. Expected. Things could change, but the point is, even if this was now instantaneously in his control, it's still is there's still a process to this. And there's still and so their point is, first of all, just because it's discussed that that has been accepted. These people are jumping on Twitter as if it's instantaneously something different. I mean, is it, are they, are there, I, do those people exist? I mean, really? I just think that's pretty childish. But at the end of the day, even if that was the case and it was completely in his control at that point, there's still a process to how things change. Even if it's private, there's still a board of directors. There's still process to this, right? So nonetheless, I find it interesting that this is already happening. But this has been the way this conversation has gone since the beginning of it. That first of all, my point before I get too past far, far past it is we're not. I mean, there will be changes. There's going to be token changes. There's going to be real changes. But none of this, in my opinion, is that I, is is that in my opinion that this is going to actually change anything. It's just an illusion, and I'll show you my point. But on top of that, the idea that this is in, in that this that people are already posting these things from partisan levels to try to get people to think everything's different now, which is why I posted this. I don't even know who this person is, but she posts, I've gained over a thousand followers today. Patriots are flocking back. Now, you could argue that just means people are going back to Twitter, even though the argument would be that they were removed or I don't know. But you're seeing it all over the place. As it says here, this is uh, James Woods. It's astonishing how severe the suppression of free speech thought was during the Twitter dark days which is right now. I've never in my life ever seen it more suppressed than right this moment. But, you know, they're just framing it the way they want you to see it. Now I get tens of thousands of likes per tweet. Gained over 50,000 followers just yesterday alone. Must be like magic. Hard to imagine the effective level of suppression of 2020 election. Okay, he's either imagining this or making it up. Because nothing has changed. Even if Elon Musk is officially in control, still is not actually changing anything yet. As even to his admission, this is just ridiculous to me. So there's something going on here. Right? There's definitely something uh -oh, let, me, let me check something here real quick. Just, okay, thank God. I was going to be so angry if this wasn't live yet. I'm just seeing somebody's comment, commenting in the chat as I'm looking directly at Super U. It says, is it live yet? 
Let me know if you guys are having issues. This is a good test right now for SuperU since you're we're the only ones. T-Labs community is only watching through SuperU right now. So, dang it. I'm seeing people asking if it's live in the chat. Hopefully, the SuperU team is around to make sure that it's working. Yeah, hopefully. We'll keep, keep commenting in the chat, guys. Let us know. But this is uh, frustrating because... I don't know why people are buying into this. And I mean, I would even go as far as to argue that James Woods is not stupid. He's pretty smart, I would argue, at least pithy. <laughs> I would argue that he would know that this wouldn't just over the process of an hour or 24 hours suddenly be able to just everything change instantaneously, even if he was in, char- in charge. My question ultimately is what's going on? What are they trying to do here? Why are they trying to convince you that it's suddenly a different world? Maybe because they're trying to convince you that it's a different world. That suddenly we wake up and we go, wow, we exist in this free society all of a sudden. The same thing, guys. You're in the same situation with the same platform, the same censorship, and the same manipulation. You just perceive it differently, which is everything to them. And, of course, from the other side of it, here's Carolyn, PhD, going, Twitter needs to address this immediately. Because she's under the impression that somehow people are getting followers that we don't agree with. <laughs> it's just This is just so ridiculous. This is the the, tw- the 10,000 elevation view of the two-party paradigm eating themselves alive. It, it's pretty funny. I had a massive bump in followers yesterday, 20 times the normal. Okay. Now, is that because people are coming back to Twitter? That's certainly possible. That's maybe why it could happen that way. Or did it happen at all? Or bottom line is it has nothing to do with what's going on with Elon Musk. At least not yet. Unless it is just people flooding back to the platform, which is the only thing I would argue would be possible there. But I think this was the main point for me saying that this is just different, more engagement, tw- more likes than ever before, gained all these things. Just, it's, it's interesting, the framing. Now, here's Benny Johnson with another angle to this. Can you imagine a few months from now when Project Veritas and James O'Keefe is back, are back on the site and trending every day, every damn day? Who wants to see it? Well, I, I, I mean, I'd like to see it if that's organic and what's actually happening, but it's an interesting way to look at this. So, If this happens, what about everyone else that got censored for same or even different reasons? Like, so we have to think about how this is going to go. If all of a sudden you get a lot of very clear partisan people that get brought back on, let's be clear, guys, there's plenty of people on the left that were also censored under the same kind of discussion for COVID-19 misinformation, for, for any number of things, or people that might be framed in the left or maybe progressive that aren't actually, or who, who see the two-party paradigm for what it is, or that just lean that way. There's a lot of nuance here. But of course, from a lot of the partisan angle, from the Project Veritas angle, from that level of it, it's all or nothing. It's left or right. That's how this all is. We know it. So it's interesting to see that this is how it's being framed. So when Project Veritas, if they get at, back on, it would mean that they made a choice to bring them back on or allow them back on because they're in the same boat we are right now where we're blocked. I mean, we're still engaging. I don't know if they are. I'm using a pirate account, but it's interesting to see how it goes and how what that means for going forward as I comment in the same way because I bet you if it does... I would argue that it won't go all the way. It won't be T-Lav also being let back on Twitter. As Brian Richard pointed out, when I see T-Lav reinstated, I'll believe it. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. Brian's a great guy, by the way. If you haven't checked out his work uh, after hours live, please do. Killing it. By the way, here's Beard Vet down here as well. Please check out his work, Patriot TV, as well as what he sells, because the guy's outstanding. Just a great human being as well as great products. But the point is that what we're looking at here is kind of a test, right? As I said, yeah, I don't buy it, believe it. <laughs> I hope so, but we'll wait and see. I said, yeah, come on, Elon Musk. Prove you are all about free speech. T-Lab was unjustly censored for reviewing peer-reviewed science that challenges the narrative. Hashtag free T-Lab. I don't think it'll happen. But it'd be an interesting test to see how it goes. 
because there are, and I'm not, it's not me versus Project Veritas. There's a lot of people out there that aren't right necessarily in the eyes of the right or the left, but that would be in the category of unjustly censored in the context of free speech. So I, if you're going to do it, you damn well better make sure that you just pretty much make it a wash and bring people back on based on certain context, or I don't know how you go about this. Is it real free speech or not, right? Because that's the problem here. Because even, I, here's an interesting point. I was just informed that Rockfin apparently deleted, and I, I, I should be clear, I haven't confirmed this, but it was reported by somebody that I, I feel like I can, you know, take a limp, step on a limb here and assume they're telling me the truth, but know that I'm doing that, that apparently Owen, Owen Benjamin, I heard, was censored on Rockfin, or rather deleted off Rockfin, and which is censorship, essentially. It is what it is. But the point is that when you read their terms of service, they list in there, which I wasn't aware of, that you can be removed for blatant racism, is what the words they use are being blatantly racist, which I don't know. That's pretty op- op- opaque, if you want to be honest. Now, again, if you want to be real about it, that's not free speech. Right. If I, I, I'm the first person that will tell you that I disagree with people who are racist or that will say racial slurs. I think it's, it makes you a disgusting human being. But you're ha- you have the right as a free human being to disagree with that, to feel that I'm wrong or to say it yourself. And that's not a crime. Right. So you should be allowed in a fully free speech platform to be able to do that. But I argue it's a pretty hard line to walk. You know where I stand on it. I just made it clear. But I also understand that it's a hard line to walk for a platform, especially that's going to get attacked from every possible angle. Right. Super U platform is a great one that's really putting that to the test. It's so far standing the line, making sure we, you know, we will stand behind you, even if we don't agree with your speech, because we believe in free speech. But here we have a test where Rockfin is getting rid of them, maybe because he pushed the line. And I've seen him make some pretty gross statements and pretty terrible things, but that's his right. So if it comes down to it, there's a fine line there that has to be discussed. So is it real free speech? I highly doubt it on Twitter, but we'll see what ultimately happens. Now, here is another point that somebody made up in response to this. Elon, touted as free speech advocate, makes money off taxpayers for masses, ma- massive surveillance, which isn't the same as free speech, but we need to see how obviously tied in, tapped in this person is with everything you think you're fighting against, especially on the right. SpaceX wins Pentagon rocket contract to send spy satellites into orbit, which do not miss, do not think for a second those are not being used against you. When we're seeing Maxar Technology CIA cutout involved with Ukraine, which, you know, they're all just taking satellite images of right there on the ground in Ukraine. They could do the same thing with your front door. That's not hard to recognize. These things are being utilized in ways you couldn't even imagine. SpaceX awarded contract to build U.S. military tracking satellites. Just recognize, of course, when we're talking about the brain-machine interface and all the things they're involved in, which is currently being utilized. I mean, this is the, the direction we're talking about, the Great Reset, techni- technocracy. There's plenty out there that would scoff that off and say it's conspiracy theory. That's fine. That's up to you. You can you can close your eyes to the world they're building around you. But the bottom line is it's interesting to see how tied this person is into it. And yet he's being framed as kind of like the answer to some kind of like opaque, unseen future. It's very strange how this is working to me. I don't know. I, I just warning is all I'm saying. Please, guys, we need to be concerned about what's happening here. And another kind of side point in regard to Google, I thought this was really telling. Here's Disclose TV. Google YouTube parent Alphabet misses their quarterly earnings. Yay. <laughs> and revenue for the first quarter. I mean, I shouldn't relish in, in the, the, the 
I mean, <laughs> it's hard not to be happy about YouTube failing. Let's be honest. But at the real, the real point is there's people involved that aren't, you know, making bad decisions against what they're just, you know, reaping the profits from those bad decisions. So it's kind of the same thing, but, you know, shareholders and whatever else, but they missed their quarterly earnings and revenue for the first quarter. Stocks down over 4% in after hours trading. That's, that's a big deal. That's a lot of money. 4%. That's, that's built. I mean, I don't want to guess, but that's a lot of money for how much money is exchanging hands in this, in this company. But what it shows you in my mind is exactly what myself, Corbett and others are pointing out. This is what it looks like to take politically motivated action that directly contradicts your own interests and undermines your business model. This is what it looks like. Hashtag TLAB Pirate Streams. Because you are taking action that undermines exactly what makes you money. And it's showing. Now, this is where I would argue that's why the CARES Act and PPP money came into play. Because they basically gave them a bribe to not worry about. I mean, that's my opinion. But there's a lot of evidence of these big companies tapping into these in abstract ways and getting a lot of money from the things like the CARES Act in different situations that were meant for small businesses. But ultimately what it did, as well as plenty of other ways, they just gave lump sum payouts to a lot of these bigger entities to essentially allow them to not have to worry. Like if you just simply told your shareholders on the hush hush behind the scene, look, we just got billions of dollars, right? So consider that a a stay. So we're going to take action that's going to undermine our own business model and undermine our own con- our, our own business or undermine our own uh, users. And we're going to probably go down and lose money, whatever else, but we just gained a huge cash influx from this whole situation. So we're being paid for it. So you could argue from a business financial perspective, the shareholders would be like, okay, as long as we're making money. But I still would argue that wouldn't make sense because you'd be driving yourself down. I don't know. I'm just theorizing here. The point is, why would any company, Google, <laughs> you know, uh, Gillette, make a commercial that's centered around like attacking the male focused business. <laughs> I'm just making fun of that commercial they did in the Super Bowl where it was all about like male masculinity, max- masculine toxicity or whatever it was. It's like, why would a company even take a choice, make a choice to undermine its own business model? There must be something going on behind the scenes. Even if you just think it's politics, I'm telling you, there are business financial aspects that they just wouldn't allow them to do that unless everyone on the board and every one of the shareholders agreed or the power holders to do that. So this is what it looks like to undermine your own business model. And finally, it looks like it's paying down, up, off. I don't know how you would say that. But here's an interesting point. Now, you should read this article. It's quite interesting. What Twitter could do as a privately held company. Now, isn't that sort of what they're already calling this? Like, what's maybe I'm confusing the words when they're discussing that, you know, it's a versus a, uh, a, a government company versus a private company, right? And they go, well, it's a private company. Therefore, they aren't. About, you know, bound to censorship and so on. But what's interesting is that's isn't so. If it wasn't already like that, it, it's a different. It's I think that the terms are being manipulated, like you know, conflated. The idea is that right now it's not technically a privately held company. It's got shareholders and a board of directors. But once it goes private, which is what it seems he's trying to do, well, then there wouldn't be public shareholders anymore. It wouldn't be traded on the stock exchange. It would ultimately be a grouping of people that they decided had shares. And that's why I think he was discussing the legally held max. I think it was like 2000. And ultimately that they would then have private control and they wouldn't have to share their choices or share their earnings with you. Ultimately, though, they would still want to make a profit. So they would still be any company would be trying to make money. But what's interesting is how this explains the breakdown and the freedom and and so on. Now, I would argue that if he does get everything he wants and this does go private, like it seems to be doing, yes, he will have some pretty unparalleled control over what can change and what can happen even to their own detriment. 
So it's really interesting to see how this would go forward. I'm the first one to tell you if he does make those changes and it does go in the, the clear direction, I'll be the first one to say I was wrong and say good for glad to see that there's good things changing. I just I don't feel it. I'm a pessimist, I guess, when it comes to these kind of powerful powerful oligarchs. But it says going private removes. Oh, it just reminds me of something that I miss. No, I guess not. There was something I was, I feel like I have another tweet in here somewhere. I just had that comment where, you know, I mean, the point is I'm probably just going to jump ahead of it now that what's the difference between one billionaire oligarch and another? I shouldn't say it like that because I, I know billionaires that are great people, but ultimately an oligarch is what I'm talking about. See, somebody that are, you know, an oligarch is somebody who is, you know, look at what they're framing Russian oligarchs as right now. Right. The, 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 and it's a, it's, a, it's a kind of a lofty term today, especially. But the idea is it's somebody that is immersed in the inner circle. Why are we believing it's going to change because he steps in? But it says going private removes the possibility of Twitter having to answer to angry shareholders if it makes big changes to its business. Now, here's the point that really stood out to me. Musk has already floated the idea of depending less on advertising, which I love, which is Twitter's main way of making money. I actually disagree with that. But here's what's interesting. If he's telling you, and this is just a statement, so it could not even be true, that he's going to depend less on advertising, what is he going to do then? Where's the money going to come from? Right? I mean, if you're making a certain amount of money and you dramatically take away the primary means of making that money, well, that's going to be a huge decline. So what are you going to do to make it up? I think you already know, guys. I think you probably already have the answer. What is the new oil? Data. Data is the new oil. The, nobody buys these companies because of advertising. That is just one of the other ways they make money. Anybody who actually knows what they're talking about will tell you it is a no-brainer. You buy these companies for the gold mine today that is the data they mine from you. That's what it's all about. These companies, and this is the whole point, guys. That's the thing about any, any of these companies, Facebook, the rest of them. They're not social media companies. They are data mining companies that use social media as a, cl a cloak, essentially. That's what they are. Their business is mining your data and selling it. That's the only way these things function. So the bottom line is, if he's going to start focusing away from advertising, guys, he's focusing on mining your data because that's exactly what he's already said he wants to do in regard to figuring out the AI problem. And my, I mean, this is what it's all about. So this is highly concerning for me, especially now that just like Trump was used, he seems to be being used to pacify the people that would be the most concerned about where this is going. It's pretty obvious to me, but hopefully we can learn from our past mistakes. We'll see. Now, jumping into some Ukraine conversation, it's just, I just, I could not believe that this was actually a real article. Like this, I, I, I laughed. My brother sent me this and I laughed. I'm like, oh my God, this is just getting silly. People making memes and stuff. And it really, and then I looked it up. I said, oh, I, I don't even know why I looked it up. I said, this can't be real. Typed it, sure enough. Now, I'm not even saying it's that crazy to think about using dolphins. For those in the podcast, the title is Russia Deploys Trained Dolphins to Protect Black Sea Base Satellite Images Show. Hey, guess what? Spoiler alert, Maxar Technologies are the ones that gave it to him. Gee, it's weird how they just came suddenly the only group that's giving the mainstream corporate media all of it's just weird. You mean the CIA Maxar Technologies? Yes, exactly. I'll make that point again in a moment. But I just laugh because this is like comically ridiculous. Now, first of all, they haven't even proven this. All they have is satellite images that show that they've got pins where dolphins are. And yet that translates into some kind of military trained dolphin protection thing, which, by the way, there is some sort of evidence for. I think this is really crazy. Seems like there is some validity to this, but just that this comes out, why would this even be a reportable story with everything else that's going on? I think it's meant to just flood the airways and the 
audio and the whatever flood the news feed with stuff that just clouds your conversation because here I am talking about it. But as I jokingly said, to their heads, sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their heads. <laughs> We're officially in a clown world, guys. Russia deploys trained dolphins to protect the Black Sea base. That's the first thing I thought of. This is right out of right out of Austin Powers. I mean, it's sort of hilarious in a way. But Maxar technology seems to be popping up in this. Here's what it says here. The militarized mammals may, may have been tasked with counter-diver operations. Bottom line, they don't even know what's going on. They have dolphins and, and satellite imagery from a CIA cutout. Like, they're being fed, led by the nose. The, the Western, the corporate media, but I got to start saying in general, corporate media is being led by the nose by the CIA. <laughs> Just dumping stuff in their lap and saying, go. So we have pictures we say, by the way, because I don't even know why we trust Maxar Technologies right now when they've been caught lying twice already, but pictures of dolphins in the ocean in a pin, and therefore militarized mammals may have been tasked with counter operations to stop Ukrainian special ops from entering the harbor underwater to sabotage ships. That is quite a jump, isn't it? So bottom line, what that means to me is that they're aware that there's Ukraine special ops there to sabotage the warships. And so they're looking and they go, oh, look, there's dolphins. And it just seems pretty ridiculous to me. Now, a lot of this is my thinking on, you know, kind of guessing into where it at, where it is going. But am I the only one that sees how kind of like ridiculous this is all getting? Whether it's real or not, I find it to be interesting. Now, on the note of being ridiculous, another point that I just looked at that I said that, that's really crazy. I almost wondered why he said such a large number. And then la I laughed and said, well, that's, you know, it's not going to happen. There's no way that Biden is going to agree to give him $7 billion a month to keep fighting against Russia when you know it's a losing battle, when you know that we're exposing the neo-Nazi entities on the ground, when you know the government. I mean, it's just, I laughed. I said, that's crazy. Up to date, we've, I think, barely, if maybe over $4 billion have gone on the record anyway. Long, long, eight, 10, almost a decade now, the U.S. government has been funding directly these groups. Well, technically since 19. Well, if you ask Doug Valentine, by the way, who I'm still going to try to get back on the show, on the show, we had a little bit of an issue with our recording or our, our connection. He couldn't get the video to work on Skype. Apparently it worked with everybody else he talked to. Shocker. He would argue that the CIA has been involved in Ukraine since 1917. I'm looking forward to talking with him. The bottom line is they've been on the ground manipulating things towards their own agendas for a very, very long time. So when he asked for $7 billion a month and they've given him on the record $4 billion at the most, I just thought that was ridiculous. As here's the New York Times, Ukraine needs, needs up to $7 billion to, in support per month, Zelensky says. Meanwhile, you're literally having trouble feeding your family in certain places around the country right now based on their actions and what they've done to you. Another one I couldn't believe. This is today. Biden those are, has literally asked Congress for $33 billion to support Ukraine just through September. So basically going, okay, Zelensky says, so no big deal. Let's just continue to pump in the one of the largest amount. I mean, this, I, I, I don't, this is incredible to me, $33 billion. Where's the, when's the last time we've ever seen this kind of money outside of Israel flying out of your pocket or maybe COVID-19? For, for what exactly? Like, what is, what are we, I mean, this is a non-NATO country. Like, what, there's plenty of other countries around the world. And I'm not even arguing that we should be doing this because we need to remember what this group is. The government is bad and dangerous and, I mean, terrorist-minded because they've been built that way. And no, this is not what the Ukrainian people are. 
by and large. This is not what the government really was even before this. This has been put in place and built and manipulated by the CIA and the U.S. government. And it's not my opinion. I've proven it endlessly throughout these shows. So you're going to dump in $33 billion into a known extremist entity that you guys were calling extremist right before this started. $33 billion. I just can't even believe that this is happening. This is like six times more than that what's been sent in total so far. Now, by the way, I want to give a shout out to Garland Nixon, who's the one that actually sent this to me. I'm going to be interviewing him tomorrow, actually. We haven't touched base in a long time. He's uh, been, you know, chipping away at the story as well. So I'm looking forward to speaking with him. Just very interesting. So while you can't feed your family and why people in this country are struggling, why people all over the struggling, people, I mean, just people can't feed themselves. Yemen is starving to death. Iran is still having starving. People in Syria are still starving. But we're dumping this money into groups that are openly committing war crimes. At the very least, why this would be the number one objective for the U.S. government is because Russia. That's it. You have to ask yourself as an American, not outside the propaganda, whether you think Russia bad guy, whether you think Russia's designed you to take over the world like pinky in the brain. The bottom line is, why is this your immediate concern as an American? If you've been propagandized to think what they're doing over there has an effect on everything else in the world, the way they're trying to frame it, and you're just blindly gobbling up what they're giving you. If you want to see what's had an effect on everywhere else on the planet over and over and over, just take a quick glance at U.S. foreign policy over the last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and recognize how they've been a force of destabilization anywhere they've even looked at. And yet here we are dumping money into one of those locations, as we know that they were responsible for the people shot in the Maidan Square, because the Estonian minister has admitted that, and the U.S. government and the EU government also admitted that. It's just crazy to me. But, you know, facts. (laughs) Who cares about facts and a good story, right? Now, by the way, just on that same note, here is the U.S. government admitting that they're already considering exactly what Putin has said they were going to do, and they said they would never do, which is NATO and Ukraine. I do believe that, uh, that you know, in the future, uh, if the possibility exists, I think Ukraine will, will seek to, uh, once again, uh, apply to become a member of NATO. But, but again, th- that's... That's probably a bit down the road, and and speculation at this point is not very helpful. I mean, the bottom the bottom line is that this is something that is on the table, and all they do is act outraged and flabbergasted. Oh, how dare you suggest? I mean, the bottom line is this is obviously one of Russia's biggest red lines. So too was the idea that don't forget that the very the very ideology of the Azov movement, and specifically currently the Ukraine government, is to be nuclearized. To, cha- to use that power to radicalize Europe in the way that they want it to be. Like, I don't even think half of European countries and, and individuals in Europe understand that that's what they state they want to do, right? So if you're out there funding, funding this and standing with Ukraine with your little ha- your hashtag and your icons and your Twitter account, and you live in Europe, recognize that if even if you don't know what they are, they're going to turn to you next. They're already openly stating that that's their goal. They've openly stated that for a long time. And guess what? The very media outlets now gaslighting the whole conversation were the ones pointing at it like 20 seconds ago. In the Time Magazine and Daily Beast and CNN and New York Times, they were all saying it. International scope, trying to radicalize people around the world and white supremacy growing. And then suddenly, no, you're crazy fake news. The point is they are that. It's obvious. And they said the same thing before they lied to you again today. But recognize that they're aiming at you. Next, to do the same thing. 
As I said, just the casual admission of exactly what Putin has said was a red line for almost a decade, and exactly what they have routinely tried to dismiss. Yet hypothetical discussion of what Russia might do is enough to drive U.S. government military response. Yep, that's the kind of absurd hypocrisy we're watching. Hypothetical, what they might do. right? They might do this, so we're going to sanction them. Or the U.K. article I just talked about with Eva Bartlett. That so, so we're having conversations about what Zelensky said they just did, and so UK sanctions them. I mean, really? Like, even if you want to pretend that you believe what Zelensky said, isn't there a legal process here? Nope, you'd be wrong to assume something that obvious. No legal process. Boris can't even comb his hair before he casts sanctions against an entire country based on allegations. That's the child level we're at today. That's why they censor us. Now, here's a great interview with Eva that, I, that I'll include for you to watch. I highly recommend you do. Her work is outstanding. Evidence on the ground in Ukraine directly contradicts the Western narrative, which is the point. This is the grave digger in the area. They've admitted. They were, and by the way, I'll show you right next. Guess who already has admitted after shouting us all down because we're fake news that Eva Bartlett is correct? CNN. Except they did it on their Portugal channel very quietly where nobody was paying attention. That's how they work. But please watch this interview because it's fantastic. Just went out today. Oh, that's the, just the, the video in general. I wasn't gonna. I just the bottom line is, he's here showing you that these are they're, they're not they're not mass graves. They're just a normal graveyard, and they have names and dates and whatever, and they, it's just normal. And the people themselves go, no, this is just. There's even Ukrainian military buried here, right there. Even or Ukrainian military. Like it makes no sense. Why would there be Ukrainian military? Why would it be people from different times and different? It's not a mass grave is the point. And it's some of it's because of the war. Some of it's not. They're lying to you. And they've aggressively lied about this. And I'll get into the different ways they have lied about it. But here's it was a blog in Gaza and beyond. Western claims of Russian mass graves near Mariupol. Another fake news hoax. I know I went to see for myself. Now, here's what we're getting from the Western media. The corporate media is April 22nd. Russian forces accused. Right. So bottom line, the title should say Ukraine says. That's it. We don't know. We weren't there. We don't know. We didn't do our due diligence. We just simply reported what they told you they're accusing them of. This is this is journalism. No, it's propaganda, especially while Ukraine has been caught lying. If you, I mean, just for all the baby years out there, in some cases, I, I mean, it's just unbelievable how I, I've, I don't honestly haven't even seen a single one of their allegations actually proven. Now, that's, of course, going to scare people away right there, but that's the reality. Bottom line is they keep saying they did this. And as he reports out in the interview, halfway in the article somewhere, they go into, uh, let's check real quick, maybe. Not in this one. Maybe because they know we're checking. <laughs> Bottom line is in almost every one of these they put in somewhere in the article, we couldn't independently verify this. Oh, shoot, I just lost. Oh, that sucks. Oh, well. The point is, accused. That essentially says it right there for you. So all they're saying is Ukraine said. Now it says right here that the mayor, Vadim Boychenko, said Russian trucks had collect, collected corpses from the streets of the port city and had transported them to the nearby village of Manish. That's where she was. That's where, that's where Eva Bartlett was on the ground. They were then secretly thrown into mass graves in a field next to the settlement's old cemetery, which she she makes very clear on the on the actual interview. She makes she points it out to you. She makes sure you see the actual the actual sem, oops, sorry the actual cemetery, <clears throat> the old one. She points it's right across the way, right. It's the, it's the one you can see right there in the distance in the background. All right, so that's the one. It's beyond a shadow of a doubt, she's proving that she's in the location that they're saying they see from the satellite imagery. 
So just be very clear at that. They're saying that's the one. She proved it wasn't actually mass graves, even though this is what they're saying. And it shows you the Guardian is willing to report what they're told by neo-Nazis on the ground, just like they did in Syria with open extremists. It says the invaders are concealing evidence of their crimes, or you guys are making this up to lie about Russia because you know they'll parrot what you say. The cemetery is located in a near petrol station, the left side of Circular Road. The Russians have dug trenches 30 meters wide. All of this is challenged by the very people on the ground saying that they didn't, they're there and it's not happening. Later on Thursday, of course, the U.S. company Maxar Technologies released images of what appeared to be mass graves. Okay. So then, of course, because all it is is he said, she said, Maxar Technologies, the CIA, steps in and goes, well, here's proof. The site has been expanded in recent weeks to contain more than 200 new graves, Maxar said. The, set, the mayor estimated that more than 20,000 residents have been killed by Russian forces. But then he goes on to say, most bodies had now been removed. But wait a minute, didn't you just say they were buried in mass graves? And how can we confirm that if you've moved them? He said, well, some of them already burned in crematoriums. Great. So then there's no way to prove your story. Isn't that convenient? Bottom line is none of that's true. Literally none of it's true. And it's been proven as much. Here, Max uh, Vanderwolf, which by the way, I'll follow because he, I just like this tweet, scooped by independent journalist Eva Bartlett, no mass graves, now in fact confirmed by this person from CNN. Here's the tweet. Here's the link. Here's what it says. The thousand bodies, this is in, it's in Spanish. I had to translate it with the app translator. The thousand bodies buried in two cemeteries outside Mariupol in the last month. By the way, it's funny that they state that and then contradict it right beneath it. That's the title. That's literally what the title says. Here's what it says. When we arrived at the cemetery, we did not find mass graves. Contrary to what the former mayor of Mariupol denounced, supported by satellite images. Now, do you get what they're telling you right there? Bottom line, read it for yourself. He goes on to talk about what they were, heard, what they heard, what they were told, and then he goes there and says, "We did not find this at the precise location. There are 230 individual graves with numbered plates, many of them with name, dates, and birth." So, basic, but not basically. Bottom line, Twitter, dang it, CNN in Portugal's group, which weird because of course they never said this on the, like right now there are CNN articles out there. They're arguing this is the case. They were, they said, uh, Ukraine said. So why wouldn't they follow up that article with this information? Because they want you to hear that. Over here, they're quietly seeding this into Spanish translated news. So most people in the US won't see it, if ever. But what they're telling you is he went there, did not find any of it. Did not find what is being supported by the satellite images. What does that tell you? Maxar Technologies just got caught for the second time lying to you. The second time. Because they're the CIA and this is their agenda, guys. That's our, They're being put, influenced by the CIA to be very objective. Isn't that incredible? I mean, I find it to be absolutely ridiculous. And this is still out there. They won't change. They won't add. An, they won't add something to it. They won't update it quietly without telling you like they do when they want to manipulate you. They just keep it that way. Now, don't forget, Maxar Technologies is, in fact, very clearly influenced. Gil Gilman Louie is on their board of directors. He is the president of InQtel, the investment arm of the CIA. He also currently serves in the national, and the, the, he's the commissioner of the National Security Commission on Artificial Intelligence, which Whitney Webb would tell you is even more alarming. But what's even, well, before I go forward, just because I want to get into the Bucha point with the mass grave overlap, it's the same point. But just recognize this is, how incredibly obvious this is, guys. People still losing connection in the chat? Damn it. 
All right. Well, please, guys, every single one of you in the chat, every single one of you having a problem, report it. Please take a moment and report it to Super U. What is it? SuperU.net. It's uh, Super U. It's support at SuperU.net. Send an email. Let them know that something's not working. We need to get this stuff fixed. I see a lot of you having problems with buffering and whatever else. So that's important. So <clears throat> also, by the way, since I took a moment, take a moment right now. Go to the share button down there and get this out there. Let's get this over 100. I'd love to see that over 100 here on Super U since it's the only one we're here. we got 38 tuned in. Take a moment, share the link, get people to come check it out. So, what's very interesting to me here, as I regain my my point, <laughs> is that this is such an ongoing, like in real time contradiction, right? That they're pushing the lie still right this moment in corporate media across the board, while they've already admitted that it's not even true. While Eva Bartlett has already proven that it's not true, and it just keeps going. And it's going to keep going. They're going to keep floating these lies. They're going to keep citing what Zelensky says without any due diligence because that's already been set, except for that weird one moment where they said chemicals. And they go, oh, we have no evidence, so we don't know. Doesn't that contrast every other thing they're doing? I mean, it's very obvious to me now that that was meant to be debunked. Like, that's clear. I mean, that's my opinion. Obviously, I can't prove that, but it's clear that, I mean, there's, why would they, in the, like, they've been keep, they've been telling you from the day one, they're going to use chemical weapons, and then they finally, their people on the ground say it happened, and they go, oh, there's, we don't know, <laughs> when every other thing they've even hit, in, insinuated, they float, as Ukraine possibly says. I mean, come on, it seems pretty obvious to me. But here's Al Jazeera in regard to Bucha, quoting Antoli Fedruk, one of the, this is one of the, uh, he was the mayor of Bucha. He says, quote, in Bucha, we have already buried 280 people in mass graves, which you saw. That, that's being cited by the French press agency, right? So explain for me how he can say that. And then today, April 28th, why does that keep happening? That just disappeared on me. That's so crazy. Anyway, it says, in late March, after Russian military retreated, which, I mean, you could, you know, tactical or otherwise, it's just funny how they want to frame it a certain way. Ukrainian authorities said they discovered more than 400 dead civilians, their bodies packed in mass graves. <clears throat> Many had, <clears throat> excuse me, bullet wounds, and some had their wrists bound, which, of course, Eva points out is something that we continue to see Ukrainian soldiers doing. It says Ukrainian authorities said, of course, some residents of the town have also uh, told investigators that Russian troops held them captive, denied them food, and tortured them which all they link is told the Wall Street Journal and the link goes to, thank you for every load. Jeez. It's one of the reports that I've already gone over. Oh, well, actually, I should just, I'll leave it open and I'll leave it in the show notes. The point is, it's one of the ones we've already looked at. And the bottom line is, it's just completely up in the air. You can't prove this stuff. You can't verify it. Names, dates, locations, full picture of their face. Like, these are things that you're getting from Emma Bartlett's work, from Patrick Lancaster's work, and four or five or six others that I keep seeing doing things on the ground over and over, showing you repeated information of people from Mariupol, from Kiev, all saying the same thing. And here you get, Wall Street Journal says, they told us, and, 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 you know, on a condition of anonymity, like, maybe that's true. But haven't they been involved in lies of foreign policy before? Yes, they have. 
And I don't know why you would take anything that rests on the credibility of a mainstream outlet. Or, by the way, rests on my credibility or anybody's. Why you would trust anybody today because they could be wrong is beyond me. They could also be lying. When they simply go, here's the facts, but, you know, we trust us. And it has to rely on those, the, the clout of the Wall Street Journal. You should go, okay, well, it could be false. And then recognize that on Eva's side, she's not going, here's what I think, but trust me because I'm a good journalist. She's saying, here's the facts. Here's the evidence. Here's the video. Here's the man telling you what he saw. It's constant. <clears throat> now, the last point was that if they're telling you right now that they're being, they're basically saying mo had many had bullet wounds, some of the wrist bound, except over here, what they're basically showing you is that most of them, and you read through it, you'll see it for yourself, had metal darts. What they claim is from Russian artillery, except for the fact that this is not. This is Soviet era, 70s era weaponry, which they could use, but it doesn't make sense why they would use it. Because again, a regular bomb would kill plenty more people. But the point is we have evidence of U.S. already getting caught sending Soviet era weaponry secretly to Ukraine. So why we wouldn't consider that is pretty ridiculous. On top of that, <clears throat> as I Earl Gray's channel pointed out, surgeons in Ukraine's rebel Donetsk confirmed cluster bomb usage using the same type of flèches back in 2014, confirmed by Human Rights Watch that these were cluster bombs. Not but not just the flèches and not just on civilians, but cluster bombs. The Human Rights Watch confirmed this, and this is done by the Ukrainian government. All the evidence swirls around, and all we get to go, we just go as well, well, they accused by why because a ukrainian forensic doctor said so and i'm not talking about just because ukrainian because this person is tied to the ukrainian government <clears throat> now the point that i really wanted to get into today and i played on the other interview was the fact that the a, a governor of the uh, nikolav oblast in ukraine is he says openly that civilians cooperating with russia will face extrajudicialist execution he admits that the blogger we just pointed out that was assassinated in his car that the Western press all sneered at and said, you're fake news. He admits he was a traitor and that more will happen. I'll play it right now, guys. And whether or not it's RT pointing it out, I'll give you the real interview directly from a Ukrainian channel. And yes, this is exactly what he's saying. I've checked it more than once. Just recognize if you're out there standing with Ukraine, which, by the way, you should actually. But when you think you're doing that, you're actually standing with the neo-Nazi puppet government of the U.S. and the CIA. That's what you are saying when you do that right now. If you believe you're doing that, recognize this is the, quote, democracy <clears throat> that you're actually supporting. And it should scare you because these people are crazy and dangerous. Meanwhile, a regional governor of Ukraine has claimed he's ready to hunt <clears throat> down and execute people who support Russia. The chilling words came in an interview with the Ukrainian news channel. Today, a Russian blogger was shot dead in his car. This means that there are still Russian traitors in Ukraine, and all traitors will be executed. I am not afraid of this word. It will be so. And we will not be able to stop people from shooting traitors either. I want to remind everyone that a service has already begun work that will look for such people. It's already operating. You need to understand that we are far ahead in terms of information technology, hacking. We have very good specialists and there are large databases. Everyone can be tracked. No one can escape justice. Yeah, and that's obviously alarmingly a very clear overlap into the Great Reset technocratic future, which don't forget Ukraine was the first country to adopt all of the World Economic Forum. Ten Not a joke. 
I mean, you can't miss this overlap or the digital IDs that are already being used to give out COVID stuff. I mean, it's really crazy what's happening and it's happening all over the world, but Ukraine seems to be leading the charge while they're being invaded. I mean, it doesn't even make sense, guys. It doesn't make sense. The bottom line, though, is this guy is telling you exactly what they don't want you to hear. We are going to kill civilians who work with Russia. It's, it's staggering the level of mental gymnastics that people are going through to pretend like this makes sense. Like somebody commenting about how they were showing that person's back, which, by the way, as I can tell, or as, as far as I can tell, that image was actually from 2015. So it's another fake news story by the Ukraine government, but showing that person's back with a Nazi symbol saying, here's a Russian POW. And well, if it was, then that's a crime. You just committed a war crime by publicizing this, this POW. And the person goes, what are the, how are they supposed to get the truth out? It's like, what kind of a response is that? Like, so I'm, no one's even arguing not to get the truth. The point is that you're breaking the law. Shouldn't that matter to somebody who's screaming about democracy? The point is that as one of the people responded, well, of course, to commit war crimes, right? Obviously, the only way to get the truth out is to commit war crimes. Like, it's just staggering the willful deception, like choosing to deceive yourself in regard, in regard to what you think you're supposed to be supporting. So if you, if you support the group that is supposed to be doing the right thing, well, then support them in doing the right thing. You should be an objective observer by saying, well, yes, I support them, but here they committed a war crime. It's not what you're seeing. <clears throat> it's, it's bending over backwards to ignore it in every possible way. They will kill civilians if they work with Russia. That is the only thing you need to see right now to recognize that this entity, not just the Azov movement, but the governors, the people in po politically po political power, governor, mayors, they're all coming out in the same way. They're extremists because that's the point. The Azov movement and the different radical neo-Nazi extremist entities have overtaken this government because that was the plan. That's the way it's been driven in from the moment this, from as far back, as far as I can tell, 1948 forward, but as I understand it, it goes even further. They've been building this, guys. Now, again, thank you, Aria Truth, for pointing this out. Here is the actual link, <clears throat> and this is the actual interview. You can watch it for yourself. Check it for yourself. It's very clear. Now, Jake Morfonios points out that this this tweet coming from uh, who was this again? General of the prosecutor general of Ukraine, right? You know, prosecuting this in the public, uh, the, the court of public opinion, because that's how you do it, right? The prosecutor general of Ukraine is just the person we can trust, of course, to be objective during an investigation into Russia, right? That's what's happening, <laughs> right? We're going to do an investigation into Russia, and we're letting Ukraine do it. Right. This is the same. This is about as stupid as saying we investigated ourselves and we found ourselves not guilty. It's ridiculous. He also says, and I'm so glad to see that the Syrian white helmet propagandist, Amal Clooney, the wife of George Clooney, is pulling up the rear. Right. This is a sham, guys. This is a ridiculous illusion of, of due diligence. It's insulting to your intelligence. It really is. But that's what they're doing. Now, on top of that, all the realities of what these groups are, hopefully you've seen our previous work to understand what they really are. And even if they're not, even if this is just a normal entity fighting for freedom, guys, this is unbelievable. Because the, the U.S. government has been acting like they're not involved the entire time. Here's where they admit not only were they involved the entire time, which means they lied to you, whatever, however you want to rationalize that, and just surely will happen. Well, national security, you know, that's all you need to say, right? But not only did they lie to you, it exposes that they've been doing this for quite a long time and that the agenda was never about what Russia did or because of something they did. It was always about driving in the, the policy that they wanted to commit. As it says, real-time intelligence sharing. The U.S. gave Ukrainian forces detailed intelligence about exactly when and where Russian missiles and bombs were intended to strike, prompting Ukraine to move air defenses and aircraft out of harm's way. But it gets way worse than that. They actually gave them information 
that allowed them to directly target Russian airplanes that had people inside of them. Now, of course, they say that those were military, and I believe Russia even says it's military, but the bottom line is, what about the pilot? What about if there were other people there? The bottom, and but on top of that, that directly in, in, indicates that the U.S. government was taking action against Russia. I mean, this is a big deal because they're the ones that ultimately said, they said, there's the one, pointed at it, gave them the indication, gave them the location, gave them the weapons to fire at it, and let it happen. Now, if you pretend that's Zelensky in Ukraine, you're not even paying attention. If every single aspect of this was the U.S. government and they're standing back, we're not involved. Just like with Saudi Arabia and Yemen, yes, they are. They're, in fact, the ones driving the bus. Here's what the actual article says. U.S. intel helped Ukraine protect air defenses, shoot down Russian plane carrying hundreds of troops. Can you even imagine what would be said if this happened in reverse? Now, first of all, you could argue, and you should, it's a valid point to make, that in a war, if you're invading the country, well, Ukraine shooting this plane down seems like fair game, doesn't it? But the fact that the U.S. government was the ones that gave them the weapons to do it, gave them the intelligence to locate it, and initiated the action, well, this is the U.S. government shooting down a Russian plane. It's a big deal. And I'm sure Russia's going to frame it like that. And again, what, how did they possibly know that there weren't other people on board? How did they know what they were going to do with this plane? I mean, it's just interesting. I'm sure they're going to say they knew, but we can pretty usually know that they're lying to you in some way. But this is the U.S. government taking direct action. Direct action. That near real-time intelligence sharing also paved the way for Ukraine to shoot down a Russian transport plane carrying hundreds of troops in the early days of the war. Right, back when they were screaming that they weren't involved at all because they're liars. Helping repel an assault, a Russian assault on a key airport in Kiev, which, by the way, as far as I can tell, wasn't even happening. I mean, that's again, remember, that's the bottom. Even General McGregor said the same thing. They never intended to do that. So now they're saying that they were doing something. They were, so was this even involved? Was this, is there something else going on here? Was there something else on this plane? Like, we should be asking these questions when none of this, this seems like an entire made-up narrative from all angles, other than the plane being shot down. It says, it was part of what American officials call a massive and unprecedented intelligence sharing operation with a non-NATO partner, which, why? Exactly. Why is this so incredibly integral and important to everything? Because there's more going on here that they've been building for a long time. The argument that it's just because this the first time ever we want to help this non-NATO country, it's because that's somehow in the most important location, just national security around the world. I mean, who buys this? Or why suddenly everything everywhere is affected because of this one war, despite the fact that they've been waging wars in countries that are pivotal to wheat and, and oil all over the world for a long time. But suddenly, just because they say so, Putin's, it's everything, right? And right now, if anything's happening anywhere, it's either Putin or Omicron. That's all you get. There's no other reason anything's happening. Putin did it, Omicron did it. Because they think you're that stupid. It was a part of what Americans called a massive, unprecedented intelligence sharing. Non-NATO partner that they say has played a crucial role in Ukraine's success to date against the larger and better equipped Russian military. What this needs to be seen as is a puppeteering of their proxy entity. That's what this is. And their efforts, just like with Syria, and seemingly successfully, to draw Russia into this proxy war. Quote, from the get-go, we learned pretty heavily, we leaned pretty heavily forward in sharing both strategic and actionable intelligence with Ukraine. Now, you know how you should hear that and how I hear that? Is we shared both false information and actionable information with Ukraine. We are regularly provided detailing, excuse me, we are regularly providing detailed, timely intelligence to the Ukrainians on the battlefield, the neo-Nazis, to help them defend their country against Russian aggression and will continue to do so. So from the very beginning to right now, 
This is their war, guys. That's the point. And NBC News is withholding some specific details. Oh, great journalism. That the network confirmed that about the intelligence sharing at the request of U.S. military and intelligence officials who say reporting on it could help the Russians shut down important sources of information. So now, effectively, NBC News is now part of the U.S. government fighting the war. Right. So I thought they were journalists. They were supposed to be speaking truth to power, should be checking you know, the, the, what the U.S. government tells them is happening. So when the U.S. government tells them some information about what's going on and they don't tell you because they ask them not to, they're not journalists. They're a joke. They're now more, they, and by the way, how do you know? How did the network confirm? Because the U.S. intelligence community told them that's what the case was. That's their confirming it. Are we really going to pretend like somehow the NBC network was able to confirm the inside intel from the CIA? Come on, guys. Or from any intelligence apparatus? Yeah, come on in. Come on in the room. Look at all of our top secret information so you can know that you're not supposed to tell anybody. That's not what happens, and you all know it. NBC News was told, if you say anything about this, then... Our information will be, and by the way, to act like they even have that inside information is a joke. Bottom line, this is NBC News revealing what they really are, an apparatus of the propaganda machine. We all know that, though. It's pretty obvious. While U.S.-Ukrainian cooperation has been building since Russia seized Crimea in 2014, yeah, exactly. They have been doing this since 2014. I keep telling you that. It's funny how they call it fake news when I say it. The Biden administration shifted into high gear in the weeks before the Russian invasion. When a U.S. military team visited the assets of state uh, at the, excuse me, visited to assets. Did that say that right? When a U.S. military team visited to assess, that's what it was. I was saying assets. When a U.S. military team visited to assess the state of Ukraine's air defenses. Before this started, oh, I thought there wasn't any U.S. military presence on the ground. Liars. But we already knew that because the CIA admitted that. It's just incredible how dishonest they are about everything. And the people that want to no-to and, and, and lie about the, what they're saying and, and you know work on their side to say, oh, well, it's national security. Okay, so fine. So every single time they say something, we should go, it's my, it could be a lie. National security. Yeah, that's actually true, guys. It's amazing that we, but then when we say fake news, they say you're wrong. You're a liar. Don't forget what they've already admitted to you guys. What they've already admitted to all of us is that all of this stuff could be lies, and that's just what they're involved in, because that's where we are now. NBC News national security correspondent Ken Delaney in live in Washington. They're also suggesting that Ukraine has biological and chemical weapons in Ukraine. That's a clear sign he's considering using both of those. Talking about that was based on declassified intelligence, but we're also told the intelligence wasn't very clear about what exactly was going on. And they decided to, to disclose it as a way of deterring uh, Russia from doing that and putting the world on notice. We've never seen this level of information warfare before from the U.S. government. Another example was when they announced that Russia had gone to China uh, to ask for help with, what, with getting some weapons. That hasn't come to pass yet. Yes. And it was One U.S. official telling you it doesn't even have to be solid intelligence when we talk about it. I always forget that last part, the, the dumpster fire. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's just so obvious. They're literally telling you we don't need to have anything to back it up because we're in an information war. Okay, fine, which is disgusting as it is, and we should be outraged by what they're admitting to you. Just recognize that we need to think. I mean, they're telling you that. Everything they say could be fake. So it's, it's interesting then, isn't it, when we point out that something's fake, that we get laughed at, shouted down because you're in the middle of an agenda. It's never been more clear. 
just like with COVID. The Americans provided Ukraine with detailed advice about how to disperse their air defense systems, a move that U.S. officials say helped Ukraine prevent Russia from seizing control of the skies. From day one, they've been on the ground. Personnel, military, CIA, DynCorp, Blackwater. I mean, guys, this has all been verified. I've shown you all of this. And now they're admitting that they helped shoot down and kill hundreds of Russian troops. Just can't even think about the the response from everybody if that was even alleged by happening for the other way around. How about if they just shot down a plane that was full of Ukrainian troops? They would lose their minds, even though, yes, it's a war, and that would be something they would do. Sort of like I just saw a report saying that the chilling image. Let me see if I can grab it real quickly. No, I don't think I uh I don't think I actually put it on the on the show today, but they said a hey, the chilling image of a Russian ship shooting a bunch of rockets at a location. Why? Because they want you to think they must be killing children because they've been yelling that with no evidence. The point is, it's a war, so they're firing missiles. Why is that chilling? Is it chilling when Ukraine fires missiles? Like it's it, it's all actually upsetting because war is terrible. But that's the, what the, what they're doing is just the chilling images of them murdering people with their bombs. It's like it's just so childish. Everything about this is ridiculous. The point though is that what you're seeing are them they're arming dangerous extremists. Just like they did in Syria, just like they did in Afghanistan, just like they did in Iraq, just like they did anywhere ever they've ever been. As George Webb points out, my biggest fear is the shipment of stingers was split here at Papa, which he's been focusing on, or in Norway and given to Azov. And diplomatic sedans are going to drive to Russia's to shoot to Russia to shoot down commercial aviation. So hopefully we don't see these things translate into shooting down commercial aviation like we've seen in Syria, like you've seen Israel be involved with, and of course blamed on the person they're trying to blame it on. Now here is Italy. Just so you know, guys, it's this is my point about the false majority. You are the majority. People see what you see. The Western media, the corporate media, their primary objective is to keep you thinking you're the minority, in my opinion. Here's what you're seeing in Italy. People chanting, screaming in a gigantic rally for the Milan 77th Liberation Day parades. Gigantic. When people came out with Azov flags, You know what they all started chanting? F the Nazis. Realize that people see what these people are. The Azov, I mean, it's amazing that they're even flat. I thought Azov Battalion didn't exist anymore. (laughs) I thought they weren't. I mean, think about how silly that is. Waving flags with the Wolf's Angel symbol, which is a literal, unequivocal Nazi symbol. And yet, it's happening and they're waving it and they're chanting Azov in New York City. I mean, if you can't see the agenda by now, you're blind to yourself. As it says, Italians react with fury at the inclusion of Azov Nazis and NATO flags, even NATO flags, by the way, in the 77th Liberation Day Parade. This is uh, this was as of the 26th, so it's on the 25th, they're reporting it, about it on the 25th, and it says comm- commemorating the defeat of fascism. They chant, get NATO out of the march, and F the Nazis. So, I mean, you can hear both, but you can hear the group chanting against them, and then you can hear the Azov people chanting, but they're being driven out of the rally. I just think we need to realize that people see what you see, guys, and I don't, you, the point is, as always, just like with COVID, you are not alone. As much as they want you to feel alone, you're not alone. And then finally, on the last point on Ukraine, somebody just shared this with me, and I thought this was really, really alarming. This is from Poland, and here you can see the, t- the headline. This is from a, a, a larger uh, like 
news account. Here's what it says, just for the translation for uh, the title. Everyone to the front. Act. It's an act that just passed on defense of the fatherland. There will be only small exceptions for polls. I understand it. This is sort of a draft, calling in people to go to war. So this is this seems to be building in a really alarming way, being driven directly from the people that you might expect. Poland, the, the, the discussion of the jets and everything else. I mean, this is the, they're being pushed forward by the U.S. Western entities, in my opinion. And this is alarming. They're going to be used as proxy tools, as they've used other, other groups in the past. Do not fall for it. If you're Polish, if you're in this country, stand up. Express that you do not want to take a part in what they're doing. You don't need. You don't want to fight for the support of an, a puppet regime, neo-Nazi entity that has nothing to do with Ukraine. Just like everything else we've talked about. Now, coming over to this discussion of COVID nineteen, I think this is pretty insulting to our intelligence, like so many other discussions we've had. Here, by the way, is the update. The update as of four oh eight p.m. Wednesday, April 27th. They did it yesterday, but it was an update. I'm glad I sent myself an email because even the Wayback Machine seems to hide the real title. Isn't that interesting? I don't know how they're doing that. But here's what it says now. The U.S. is in, quote, transition phase of pandemic. I just love how gross it is that they just change it. Now, it does say updated, but you don't get to see from when or when they first posted it. What did it say before? What was the last thing? Like, they just literally change the title and add stuff in the article. I'll show you. Because Fauci doesn't like how people were misinterpreting it. But it wasn't misinterpreting it. It's exactly what he said. Here's my point. Here's what it said. This is what it went out as first. The U.S. is out of the COVID-19 pandemic phase, Fauci says. That's what he said. That's literally what he said. And in fact, that's actually what is all, which has always been the point. We've never been in the pandemic based on their own metrics. If that makes you unhappy to hear me say that, it's not my point. It's what the U.S. government outlined before this started as the different phases of pandemic. And we weren't even in the pandemic phase based on all the metrics that they've shown. It's like everything else, revisionist. We're just changing the reality to, to meet what they want to be a pandemic. So we're out of the pandemic phase, Fauci says. But then, skipping right to where it says it, on Wednesday, Fauci told CNN that his comments have been mischaracterized. Okay, so yet again, the truth is being mischaracterized, therefore we need to change the truth? Do you not realize how Orwellian that is and how everything's been that way? So, oh, you, you don't like the, so we're showing you the vaccine, how, the, how people are being hurt by this thing, so we're going to hide the data because you're sharing that, and we don't like that you're sharing that. They call that mischaracterization. The fact that most people getting the injection in this case are the most ones sharing or spreading it or the vast majority of the hospitalization and deaths in all the categories are people that are in vaccinated. But no, don't 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 mischaracterize that as that the most people hurt are. The, I mean, it's, just, it's exactly what you think it is. Now, yes, there's points to be taken with that, that there's more to the story about comorbidities and so on. But yeah, we were trying to scream that, too, back in the beginning when you were just dumping everybody who had any problem into COVID land or, or whatever. the What do we call it? any case, dumping it into all the COVID numbers. We were all screaming, waving our arms. What about people who are old? What about their comorbidities? What about the fact that 96% of people that you're claiming have COVID or people with, or are dying from COVID are people that have two to three more comorbidities? Fake news. You guys are dangerous. You're disinformation. And now they're using the same argument after the fact. I mean, it's, it's, it's like the PCR cycle threshold. Some people are going to look back at this whole phase if we ever get clear of it and just laugh at how willfully dishonest it's all been. It's just outrageous. You can't use two different cycle thresholds and pretend like that's not an open manipulation. It's just outrageous. But the point is, so we're going to change the title, which they did. 
because Fauci didn't like how they were. Think about how crazy that is, by the way. So Fauci can just call CNN and say, hey, change the title for me. I don't like how people are saying, let's change that and retroactively change a, a corporate media headline and add a paragraph. This is pretty crazy, but it's become pretty normal these days. He says, we're not over the pandemic, but don't let anybody get the misrepresentation the pandemic is over. But what we are in is a different phase of the pandemic. So we're no longer in the pandemic phase. Okay, so if it's not the pandemic phase, it would be another word phase, right? So by the de- by exactly what you said, we're no longer in the pandemic phase. So it's not the pandemic. You can't, if it's not the pandemic phase, it's going to be the endemic phase, the not pandemic phase. I mean, you, whatever you want to insert there, it's got to be something, right? That's how language works. So when somebody says we're no longer in the pandemic, that's exactly what you just said. You see what I'm saying? And so he just jumped, oh, no, it's, well, we're just no longer in that phase, a phase that's a transition phase, hopefully headed toward more of a control where you can actually get back to some form of normality without total disruption of society, economically, social, school-wise. Okay, so here's exactly what he's saying. Let me cut to the chase. The pandemic will never be over. Ever, 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 no matter what, because COVID will always be here. Right? That's what he just said. So we're no longer in the pandemic phase. But hopefully it's a transition phase where we can get back to normal. But we're, but the pandemic's not over. Okay, so wait a minute. How can we be back into normal or even in the middle of that transition to, to normal? And yet, but we're not out of it though. Like, I mean, it just it's very clear. This is never going to end. This is a forever state. That's the bottom line. That's what they're telling you. That when you're back to normal, that's just another phase of the pandemic. That's another way of saying exactly what he just said. It's just different phases. So you're never, it's always forever happening. This is the same one. This is, uh, no, this is a different one. Now, this is the point though. This, so he's saying we're, we're out of the pandemic phase, which by the way, how in the world can you be out of the pandemic phase, but you're still emergency authorizing things? How can we get an emergency if we're not even in the pandemic phase anymore? Yeah, work that one out for yourself. But the point is, they're going to hype up whatever they want forever. That's just my point. It will never go away. This Here's the WHO and UNICEF. A perfect storm is coming of disease ahead of the vaccines delayed. Or, I said that funny. Of disease ahead with vaccines delayed and measles cases up. Vaccines aren't being delayed. Guys, this is the crazy part of what this, they're just making up narratives. They just have never made, or rather released, I should say, the community version because they can't without getting indemnity. They need the, they need whatever authorities out there are you know to to approve this for children. Otherwise, they are always on the hook for what happens. That's what RFK pointed out. So now they're continuing to keep this middle ground where they keep pushing emergency authorized injections while they don't have the legal right to do so. And acting like we're in delay. So it's not that we just don't want to keep giving this to people that are killing everybody. And because the numbers are going to pile up so far, we can't even look back. So we're going to act like a delay and other things are happening. It's not the vaccine. All the problems that are going to happen now during this delay aren't because of the vaccine, even though that's absolutely what is happening. And measles cases are up. Perfect storm. It's just hype, guys. It could mean something. It could not. The bottom line is they're screaming about things. How many times have I heard that? Winner of death. Dark winter, perfect storm, flu, Rona, the combination. Where where did that all happen? They were yelling and screaming and hyping everything and fear-mongering with nothing to back it up but fear and hypotheticals. And we're fake news? How about this point? How about the measles discussion should be a very, very obvious 
possible concern for the vaccine. A live measles vectored COVID-19 vaccine induces strong immunity. Oh, did you even know they were working on a live measles vectored COVID-19? It's back in 2021. But how about the possibility, at the very least, that this was something that got used in the same way we're talking about the same discussion, spike protein stuff that got out, that spread, that people got sick with, that created some kind of pandemic in itself. Or maybe it's all lies. But are these concerning? How about this one? Measles vaccine used as base for experimental COVID vaccine. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Or how about just the bottom line that these things are increasing your risk of infection? Whether you're wearing the mask that does that, whether you're wearing an injection that dramatically lowers your immune system, which could then open the door for measles or anything else. I mean, the bottom line is, guys, most everyone in this country has had some form of measles vaccine or shared passed down immunity and antibodies, which is how it's supposed to work if your immune system's actually functioning. So why then suddenly do all these kids who absolutely mostly have injections suddenly breaking out with measles? Probably because they got the injection. Just my thoughts. But these things should 100% be considered, but that's not happening. Over here in this world, it's we don't We have no idea. It's completely unknown. It's baffling, we hear, right? The brain disease is baffling. The blood clots are baffling. We have no idea what could cause the thing we know this vaccine can do. The World Health Organization and the United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund warned of an increased risk of measles spread, with worldwide cases up 80% so far in 2022. 80%? I mean, that's that's incredible. If that's even true, bottom line is, it probably associated with the one big difference. What's the one big thing that changed? We all know. We all know. And as I said, oh, for F's sake, is anyone still buying their endless fear-mongering? I know some people are, but I don't believe it's most. Now, while that's happening, here's another point that we already discussed. Similar discussion. Same way. They're kind of, we have no idea what could cause this thing that we have evidence pointing at. Public health investigating reports of severe liver disease in Canadian kids. We already talked about this, in fact, on this episode. It's not in the title, but there's a whole section down here, the hepatitis connection. Here's what it says. April 27th. The Public Health Agency of Canada says it's looking into reports of severe acute hepatitis or liver inflammation among young children in Canada. The federal agency says the cases are being investigated to determine if they are related to those in the United Kingdom and United States. If you haven't heard this yet, it's everywhere. I mean, most countries I've looked into now are suddenly noticing some explosion of weird liver-focused hepatitis with children. And they're all going, we have no idea. A spokesperson did not share any further details. (laughs) What? Such as the number of cases, the age of the children, the health conditions. Why not? Why in the world would you keep that close to your chest? I think they see what's going on, too. People are really concerned as this gets bigger and bigger and the balloon grows. It's going to pop, guys. People are going to start. There's no way you get away from this, in my opinion. This is too too large and obviously got out of control. I, I really don't even think this all was intentional. I think they're just clumsy and malfeasance. I think that's what this is. But not the whole picture. I think there's a level of this that they knew there was going to be something. They didn't care. But I just don't believe that this was exactly what. I mean, this is there. Somebody's going to be held accountable for this if this ever gets to a point where we can actually stand back and be objective. I mean, it's unreal. You just can't look at the 90% of the entire VAERS system showing you only COVID-19 problems and walk away thinking everything's okay. The UK Health Security Agency said earlier, it's funny how, again, don't forget it was not, it was like public health agency and now it's the health security agency. Have they've, have, now that they've censored your information that showed you the problems, 
That's real time, guys. The UK Health Security Agency is not showing you the breakdown of issues between the vax and unvax like they were after week 13 or before week 13 because they showed you the reality and it was damning. Now they're hiding it from you because you're too dumb to know. It's what they basically said. Earlier, it has recorded 111 cases of unexplained hepatitis in children under 10 just since January 2022. 10 of of the children needed liver transplants. The UN Health Agency said it so far received reports of at least 169 cases of acute hepatitis of unknown origin. And that one death had been reported. Now, look, let's just say for hypothetical, hypothetically, this, let's just say something else, not vaccine related, something else at the still any honest investigator would stand back and say, okay, what changed? Why would this explode across multiple countries at the same time with no known origin? What's the caveat? What's the difference? What changed? The injection changed, guys. What we did to the population, a genetically manipulated experimental injection. And by the way, those keep still saying it's not experimental and unapproved, aren't paying attention. They have an approved version. It's just not being used. So you're still being given an unapproved experimental injection that's emergency authorized while we've never been in an emergency that is hurting people. And they don't know. Obviously, that's the only big thing that has changed, and that could have caused something that caused this, or the mass lowering your inf- increasing your risk of infection, or whatever else you want to point that. But that's obviously the only real thing. Why the collapsing athletes, or why the hepatitis is exploding, or why there's brain diseases. I mean, it's just exploding with all the things that add up. And by the way, that there is peer-reviewed science for. That's the crazy part about this. Now, by the way, before I show you that next, recognize that in Ontario which is where this is, the, uh, or was it Ontario, Ottawa? In any case, it's Canada. Oh, it was Ottawa. So in Canada, same point. This is showing you again that this is, I mean, I should tell you this. I used to show you this every day, but just every day, the same way. 75% of any moment, it seems, of, of people in the ICU, the emergency room, critical care, are people who have an injection in their body. 75%. And then don't miss that the unvaccinated number, which is mo- almost 25%, actually includes people with shots. Not fully vaccinated is what it actually says, even though they claim that it's unvaccinated. They even have a, a partially right here. But then you'll notice that it says the same thing. 14 days or more, one dose. Same right here. 14 days or more, one dose. So why would they split it up? Because they're conflating the people that have some with people that have none, because otherwise it would look like 99%. They're lying to you. I mean, it really would. So 70 to 90% of people at any given moment. But let's just take the number they have right there. 75% at any given moment in the ICU are people that are fully injected, not just partially, fully. Three shots. Why are they in the ICU? Why 75% of them? That's not supposed to be the case. You guys will argue that, well, because most people have the injection, you're going to see a higher number, but not 75% and not in the ICU. I thought that was supposed to protect them from critical of hospitalization and death predominantly. So if 75% of people in the ICU for COVID are fully injected, it just challenges every part of the narrative. There's no way to make sense of that, except the fact that the injection is hurting these people. Now, the point is, here is what we are seeing. The point in the Canada point was just to make sure you see that this is hurting people specifically, and that Canada situation just makes that crossover obvious. But here's the study, the newest one from April 20th. Peer review, Journal of Hepatology even. SARS-CoV-2 vaccination can elicit 
a CD8 T-cell dominant hepatitis. It's amazing how much peer-reviewed science can come out, and they all act like, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know for sure. Fauci will say, we're waiting for the science. Here's the science, right? Here's the science, peer-reviewed. Here's the science, peer-reviewed. Here's the science, peer-reviewed. Here's the science, peer-reviewed. All of them saying the same thing. For the podcast, they all say that you can have this caused by a vaccine. But nope, you won't hear it. Is it, can you get natural immunity? We don't know. So we're not sure yet. Here's 47 sites, peer-reviewed studies that say that, but they don't know, but they're not sure. If you're listening to what they tell you the science is, you have no clue what's going on. Here's what it says. Identification of immune correlates in a case of mRNA vaccine-associated autoimmune hepatitis, more specifically, under the conclusions. COVID-19 vaccination. Interesting that they say it broadly, right? Not just one or the other. Any COVID-19 vaccination, I believe it's the spike protein, can elicit a distinct T-cell dominant immune-mediated hepatitis. There's no equivocation there. That's pretty certain, guys, and you rarely find that kind of certainty in a study with a unique pathomechanism associated with vaccination-induced antigen-specific tissue resident immunity requiring systemic immunosuppression. This is a big deal. This is simply telling you that if you're getting an injection right now, add on top of everything else we've talked about, that you can clearly cause an immune-mediated hepatitis in your body. And meanwhile, we're seeing an explosion of hepatitis all around the world in every country. We don't know why, though. We're super confused. Now, I'm not going to say that I know for sure, because I'm honest. But what I would say is that it's a pretty good guess that this is a possible, one of the large, likeliest possibilities, seeing as how peer-reviewed science continues to find that it can do this. But oh, here they are over here with their deep team investigation where they're going, we have no idea. They're willfully ignoring the reality. And these are the ones I already showed you. Autoimmune hepatitis after SARS-CoV-2 vaccine. Here's this one that says autoimmune hepatitis after COVID vaccine. More than a coincidence, peer-reviewed. Autoimmune hepatitis following COVID vaccination. They're all different. They're all finding the same thing. Here's the previous study or uh, show that we went over this. I just can't believe how obvious this is, guys. And they're hiding it and they're hurting people. Meanwhile, this should, this is going to upset you. It upset me. Now, I can't speak to whether or not these kids do have consent. It's, ju- it's certainly possible that every kid in this line has parental consent. I don't know. And neither does the poster. But... What you're seeing is a bunch of kids being brought up to a bus, a, a, a car, a car that's pulled up in the street to inject these children with a COVID injection. With what we just showed you, plus myocarditis, which, by the way, they have a much, much, much higher risk of myocarditis if they're injected versus anything. I've already shown this. The newest study already made this clear, whether COVID or anything else. And on top of that, they have to get COVID first to be able to get the risk. They're giving them the risk when they inject them. What you're going to see here is, it looks like teachers, I don't even know, parading these children out in masks, which grosses me out, to get these injections. I can promise you that some of these kids do not have parental consent. There's plenty of laws in all sorts of states where they say they don't even need to. Even the CDC said this. And when the way they respond makes me think that. But either way, how about you ask yourself whether or not they're prepared for adverse events? What happens if the kid has a Bell's palsy incident? What happens if one of the kids goes into seizures? Are we going to pretend like this little bus has everything they need to take care of them? We know it doesn't. They do not. It's impossible to fit everything you would need in that van. I've already made this clear in plenty of other shows. There's a listing of things they're required to have on hand, and they do not have them. 
not at the Walgreens, not at the Waffle House, not at any other place. They've already been given these shots out. And this should make you very upset because they're breaking the rules. They're breaking the law, in fact. To virtue signal, to do what they have forcefully screamed is the right thing without any concern that it's going to hurt those children. Because you know what? It's a 100%, 100% possibility that it can hurt them. That maybe sounds confusing. The point is, they've admitted these things can hurt them. It can lead to death. It can lead to a blood clot, a seizure, something that can hurt them. But it's super rare. Okay, fine. Super rare means it can. So it's, it is dangerous, which means it can lead to harm. So these things are potentially deadly, harmful, dangerous. That's a fact. I believe the risk is much higher than they're telling you based on the data. But here's what they're doing. Do the parents know that you guys are doing this to the kids? Do their parents know that you're doing this to the kids? Do you have parent consensual forms to do this to the kids? Do you guys have parent consensual forms to do this to these kids? Do the parents know that you're doing it to these kids? Excuse me, ma'am. Do the pa- do you know if the parents have consent to do this? Look what they're doing to these kids. Look at this. Look what they're doing to our kids. No consent. This is disgusting. This is disgusting. Now, based on what I've seen, it does appear to me that she was injecting the kids, but you could argue that they're testing them. Either way, it's something that they should not be able to do without consent. And these kids do not have the right to consent. They just don't. They're not, you know, and that's just how our society works today. They don't have the mental capacity to understand the choices they're making. And they are obviously not aware of what's going on. These are very, very, very young children. It just makes you sick. Yeah, that's why I said that. The, the te- By the way, the vans are, they, they have testing vans, but I promise you they administer injections. That's these things, it's the, these are mobile little hot spots. But either way, guys, same point. Testing, injections, it's so far over the top because of the way that the whole COVID-19 mania has gone. They should not be allowed to do this. And by the way, it's already been proven, proven in plenty of locations that these tests are being used to mine data, DR, excuse me, DNA. They are doing that. So, so many different ways it is beyond the pale. Now, finally, same point in all of this with everything, even just the points we just showed today. It's still happening in Australia where he is saying that you are going to be fired if you now don't get your third shot. Remember when that was fake news? They'll never make you take, well, now they'll never make you take two. They'll never make you take a third one. Yep, here we are. And now they're firing people, including teachers, specifically teachers who do not take their third shot. Compliance will not set you free. It will simply make you easier to control. Completely agree. Bernie's tweets. No jab, no job. Dan Andrews is due to stand down thousands of teachers while clearly we're struggling in every other, you know, staffing, plenty of teachers and teachers and drivers and everything else. They just, doctors, nurses, we're short staffed to the point that we're playing at places are saying we can't even treat everybody. And yet they're still firing people for something that you know is not even the right injection for what's currently happening, if that's even what's happening. I mean, this is so abstract and ridiculous, it makes my teeth hurt. Tomorrow, tomorrow, this was actually today, I guess, that this was going to happen, or excuse me, yesterday, for failing to get a COVID-19 booster shot, a booster shot, third shot. It's obscene, guys. It's absolutely obscene. Then finally, I want to point this out. Somebody shared this in our Discord community. We've seen these, right? Today, I tested positive for COVID-19, Kamal Harris says. Despite having 35 injections or whatever they're all getting. The point is that I've plenty of people I know that are 
like like myself, for instance, who've never gotten an injection, thank God, who have walked around living his life like everything is the same as it was before. Hey, I wish I'm still I'm careful and sanitary and just like I've always been. I don't go cough people's faces because that's stupid. The point is, fine. So too are a lot of people that I talk to. Seemingly, this is what, the third time she's gotten supposedly COVID-19? Or it could just be the flu, or it could be a cold, or it could be nothing. The bottom line is, they keep getting it, keep telling you that. Now, either that keeps happening, which shows you that it's not working at all, or they keep saying it because they want to say this next part. Like every single one of them have dutifully put out. I have no symptoms. I will continue to isolate and follow CDC guidelines. I'm grateful to be both vaccinated and boosted. It's just mindlessly stupid, right? Why would you grateful? Like you got sick, you stupid. You great. You can say I'm glad that I keep myself he- healthy or whatever else, but to say that I'm I'm glad I got the thing that clearly didn't work for me. It's just diving into the narrative because yes, you all know you utter liars that you sold this as chopping transmission. That's what everybody said. It's all on the video. So they keep pretending that's not the case. But here's what we keep seeing. Here's Pisaki. Today, in preparation for travel, I took a test and told I was sick and I will be here adhering to CDC guidelines. Thanks to the vaccine, I've only experienced mild symptoms. It's just the same old kind of stuff we keep seeing. Here's the kind of overlap. Adam Schiff. I'm feeling fine. I'm grateful to be vaccinated. I will quarantine uh, CDC guidelines. Please get vaccinated. It's all the same sort of messaging, the same kind of reposted almost to the word for word for most of them. Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Justin Trudeau. Strange, right? Or not at all. Actually, very, very expected. The bottom line is they really want you to think that getting sick after getting this is just the show that it's working, right? Good thing I got the thing that didn't work because I'm glad I got it. It's, it's just, it's mind control, guys. They are manipulating you. And I don't mean literally, except to some degree I do. It's social engineering. It is manipulating the way you perceive the world and the way you think things are supposed to be perceived, the way you think research is supposed to go, the way you think, you know, well, I mean, anything. I mean, remember the idea of saying the, the WikiLeaks conversation where they said, no, you're not supposed to look at it. You're supposed to listen to what we tell you. It says they're training people. They're training you to think that listening to what they tell you the science says is actually learning the science or listening to what they tell you is happening is actually doing your research. It's not. You're being brainwashed, guys. Wake up. And I do think that most people see that. I really do. So that's where we're going to leave it here today, guys. Thank you for joining us on Super U exclusively today. We will be putting this out tomorrow, most likely on every other channel. But please make sure you check out our interview with Eva Bartlett today. And we're going to be back tomorrow or the next day and whenever to continue destroying these narratives because that's what's happening, guys. I mean, it's they're not giving up. They're going to get doubling, tripling down because what else are they going to do? I mean, do we really expect them to be like, oh, you got us. We were lying. We'll step down and let somebody else be in power. That's never going to happen. So recognize the win when we win, even if they don't give up. And even when it looks like they're pushing back even harder, we've destroyed this narrative. COVID has been destroyed. These things have been utterly broken down, but it's not over. We need to continue to push and continue to fight for the facts and the truth and reach people that have not been reached. So thank you for everyone in the chat. Thank you to all the mods and everybody else involved. And as always, I love you all. Question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. And I have to say, um, when I mention our names, like this Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. But um, what we are very proud of now, is the young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, president of, of uh, Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. 
So yesterday I was at a, at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I know that half of this cabinet or even more half of, uh, half of this cabinet are for our actually young global leaders of the world economy forum. That's true in Argentina as well. It's true in Argentina and uh, it's true in France now. Mm -hmm. I'm with the president, with a young global leader, but... And so who do we have as we walk, uh, Klaus, in, in, uh, in the different meetings? What type of uh, stakeholders do we have, Are we the constituencies? Stakeholders, we have... Uh, if, if I look at our stakeholders, we have business, uh, of course, uh, as a very important audience, and we have politics, we have uh, uh, continuous... Uh, uh, partnerships with many governments around the world, and of course we have NGOs, uh, we have trade unions, we have all those different parts. Media, of course. Media, of course, and very important um, experts and scientists and academia, because if we are looking at the future, I think we should look at new solutions, and the new solutions will be very much driven by technological uh, developments. And we even have, uh, you even have religious leaders, right? We have religious leaders, we have social entrepreneurs, very important social entrepreneurs.
the, the difficulty which we have is to create a consensus in a very empowered world. And that's what we stand for, for the process to integrate people and to create such a consensus. Thank you very much, Klaus. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you.